Good evening and welcome to E-Bible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 27 of Revelation chapter 6. And we're continuing to look at verses 12 through 14. I'll just read verse 12 for now. Revelation 6:12 says, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And we've been discussing this for some time, uh, looking at all the Bible has to say concerning the darkness that will come upon the world in the time of judgment. And the Bible has a lot to say about that. We've read several verses, Old Testament and New Testament, that consistently speak of the day of the Lord, the day of the wrath of God, as a day of darkness. And we know that Christ is typified by the sun. He is the light of the world, the light of the gospel. It is through that light shining into the spiritual darkness of this world, into the spiritual dark heart of an unsaved individual, that produced salvation. And yet in the day of judgment, all of that is past, is over with. There is no more salvation. God has stated in the epistle of James, he will have judgment without mercy. And, and therefore, the character of the day of judgment is complete and total darkness over the face of the earth. Spiritual darkness, not only in the church, as the church has been spiritually dark by the time Judgment Day begins for 23 years already, and that darkness will continue uh, unto the, the very end. But now the darkness that was exclusively in the churches has expanded and has overtaken the whole earth. And just as no one could become saved during the 23-year judgment upon the churches and congregations, now no one can become saved outside of the churches and the congregations. God has taken the cup of wrath, first given to the city called by his name, and he has given the same cup, the identical judgment, to the nations of the world. It is a spiritual judgment in which he has shut the door of heaven and put out the gospel light. And so we, we've seen this great emphasis the Bible has placed on Judgment Day being a time of intense spiritual darkness. However, even though this is the situation for the unsaved inhabitants of the world, this is not the case for God's people. You know, there's um, a very good historical picture that God gives us in the book of Exodus that fits our time very well. It's in Exodus chapter 10, and it's one of the plagues that God had brought upon the Egyptians as uh, Pharaoh continued to harden his heart and, and God brought plague after plague uh, so that his people would be set free. And we read in Exodus 10, verse 21, 
And Jehovah said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Well, isn't that interesting? The the land of Egypt and the Egyptians were in darkness. But this was not the case for the children of Israel. And, and not most of the children of, of Israel. But Exodus 10.23 says, But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. And we know in the Bible that Egypt is a type of Satan's kingdom. And this kingdom was made full of darkness. And and except for God's people. God's people, typified by the Israelites, had light in their dwellings. Now this contradicts the idea that some have put forth uh, uh, in response to Judgment Day occurring on May 21 of 2011 and and in response uh, to God's people living on the earth in the Day of Judgment, they have said, oh, that can't be. That can't be because the believers are still in the world and therefore God cannot bring spiritual darkness on the earth uh, as a result. Uh, God would not do that. Well, here is a historical uh, instance in which God brought darkness on Egypt, which uh, typifies the world, and he he did it even though his people were in Egypt, and their presence in Egypt did not prevent him from bringing about this period of, of thick darkness. No, God just provided first for his people. And he made sure that they had light in their dwellings. And this is exactly spiritually parallel to our present time. God has brought spiritual darkness upon the face of the earth. But before he did that, he made sure that he saved all of the elect. He made sure that each and every one to become saved, had spiritual light in their dwelling, that is, within their person. And he made sure of that by saving them and by uh, indwelling them with his spirit, which is light, as light typifies God himself. And and so God um, guaranteeing that all of his people would have light within, then there was no difficulty, there's no problem, there's there's no uh, concern at all now for bringing about a time of darkness on the world, for turning out the gospel light upon this world. The, the idea that God would not do this is contrary to the Bible. There's um there's there's no other way to say it. it 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 just cannot hold up under the bible scrutiny 
For instance, in Micah, in Micah chapter 7, we read in Micah 7, and it says in verse 8, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, Jehovah shall be a light unto me. I will bear the indignation of Jehovah because I have sinned against him until he plead my cause and execute judgment for me. He will bring me forth to the light and I shall behold his righteousness. Now, let's think about what the Lord is telling us, especially in verse 8. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, Jehovah shall be a light unto me. Is that true? of someone who is not a child of God. Is that true of an unsaved person? If we're looking at this darkness as the spiritual darkness that every unsaved person is in, is it true that Jehovah is a light unto them while they sit in darkness? And the answer is no. They are in the dark dungeon of sin and despair They are enslaved to Satan. They are taken captive by him at his will. The light can deliver them during the period of the day of salvation. But certainly while they're in the darkness, God is not a light unto them so that they might remain in the darkness. The light removes them and translates them out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of God's dear son. Therefore, God cannot be referring to the situation of a spiritually unsaved individual. He's referring to a true believer, to someone who is a child of God. And, and of course, this also can have reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. But this this is looking at the true believers. And when do true believers sit in darkness... And at that time, God is a light unto them. Well, one occasion that we can quickly think of is when God ended the church age and began the judgment process as judgment began at the house of God. First Peter 4.17 tells us that. Judgment began at the city called by his name. And what did God do? He Remove the light of the candlestick. The Lord Jesus Christ, who was in the midst of the churches and congregations for almost 2,000 years, for 1,955 years of the church age, came out of the midst. He took away their candlestick. And the light of the gospel within the churches went out. But that, that happened back in 1988. And and were God's people still present in the churches? Yes, they were, for a period of years, actually. It wasn't until around 2001 that God began to open up additional information from his word that revealed that the child of God must depart out of the church and, and that God was commanding his people to come out and and to leave the churches and congregations. He was separating the wheat from the tares. But for several years, from 
1988 till 2001, and for others even even longer than that. Some didn't come out until 2002 or 2005 or 2008, and some right up until 2011. And therefore, a, a child of God, a true believer, was sitting in darkness. But since he was a true believer... The Lord was a light unto him, and finally, eventually, God drew his people out according to God's own timetable for each individual and brought them forth safely out of the church before the final bundling of the tares and and, and their spiritual burning on the Day of Judgment, May 21 of 2011. So there is a case... It, it's a, an example that we can look to where the presence of true believers within the churches and congregations did not prevent God at all from bringing judgment upon the church and from bringing spiritual darkness upon them. Uh, their presence did not stop God from bringing his wrath. It, it, their presence meant nothing insofar as the wrath of God was concerned in the carrying out of his timetable of judgment for the church. Finally, afterwards, God uh, directed and drew his people out of the churches and congregations. And likewise, God let it be known that May 21, 2011 would be the day of judgment the day when the light of the sun is darkened, the light of the moon, the moon will not give her light, is taken away, and the light of the stars of heaven also is taken away as the stars fall. And these are the gospel lights of this world. And yet God did not take his people out of the world. He did not rapture them at the very beginning of this judgment. And this actually matches what God did with the judgment on the churches. He did not first take his people out of the church and then judge the church. And likewise, he did not take his people out of the world and then judge the world, but he brought judgment upon the world while the people of God were within it. And God's people are still living on the earth in the day of judgment. And there is darkness now that has overcome the entire world. All the inhabitants of the earth are experiencing the wrath of God. All the unsaved inhabitants. While God's people have light in their dwellings. God's people sit in darkness and yet Jehovah is a light unto them. There is still the the presence of God with his people. And of course, this is a, a wonderful thing for the true believer. It is the only thing that comforts us and helps us through these dark days after that tribulation, that, that helps us through living day by day, uh, in in such a terrible time, in, in such a grievous period, we we uh, feel such sorrow for 
friends and family and, and others of the world. And yet God is with us. He has not left nor forsake us. He has promised he will never leave nor forsake us. It's not possible. And, and so though we dwell in the darkness that has come upon this world spiritually, we ourselves are not in darkness. And this is because God has saved his people. And what happened when God saved his people? He brought us spiritually into the city of God, into Zion, the body of believers. And and there we have God, who is the light that enlightens that city, that new Jerusalem. And we we do not have the new heaven and new earth as yet, but God first saved all of his people in order to bring about the judgment of the world and also to try all those that claim to be his people with one final severe time of testing, which appears to be 1,600 days from what we can read in the Bible. And then finally, he will bring his people forth to the the light of a new creation, a new heaven and a new earth. Now we read in Revelation chapter 22, and, and this is the place where God says in verse 10, And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still, and he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Here the Lord is indicating that all have found their eternal state, that he has saved his um, His whole company of the elect, and, and they will be righteous, they will be holy forevermore. And since he has saved all of the elect, that leaves the rest who are in an unrighteous condition or a filthy spiritually condition, and they are unjust, and they will remain in that condition. Now God goes on to say in verse 14, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. And all of God's elect did enter in through the open door, the open gate of the Lord Jesus Christ as that entrance was ministered unto a great multitude during the little season of the Great Tribulation. And and so all of the children of God have found their way in through Christ into the uh, the the city that God was building and and is comprised of all of the elect. But it says in verse 15, For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. That is sinners. Sinners in their sins. Because, uh, of course, the elector are these things too. And we have transgressed God's law also. We're guilty of the same sins, but our sins are paid for by the Lord. And uh, these poor souls bear their sins. They had no Savior. 
and so they are without the city. But you, you see, many have thought, well, this is referring to God's people in heaven. Well, then how can these individuals be without? Remember, we've learned that there is no place called hell, that there will never be a place called hell. Hell it is the grave. Hell is a condition, uh, and and it is death. And there there is no eternal suffering in a place called hell. Well, who are these uh, these people that are without that are identified as dogs and sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, idolaters, and those that love and make a lie? Well, they are all the unsaved people of the world that are outside God's salvation. They never became saved, so they're outside the city of God. They're outside of Christ right now. And what is without that city? Well, we read in Matthew chapter 8, in verse 11, And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west, and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now this is repeated in Matthew chapter 22, beginning in verse 11. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. And also in Matthew 25, in verse 28, Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which has ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Cast out into outer darkness. You see, God's people have light within their dwelling. And God's people dwell as a body within the kingdom of God. We dwell in Christ. We dwell in the city that that God has built for his people. And that city is made up of the elect. And we all have the spirit of God within. And so there is light in our dwelling. But without, without, is uh, in Philadelphia, in New York, in Tokyo, without, is in Lagos, Nigeria, it's in Kenya, it's in China, it's in India, without is any place in this world where unsaved people dwell. They are outside the kingdom of heaven, God has brought darkness upon the earth spiritually. He will never lighten the earth again. He will never shine the light of the gospel, uh, the sun, moon, and stars into the dark reaches of this earth, spiritually speaking, in order 
that sinners ensnared and caught in this awful blackness of sin might be delivered never again. Therefore, every unsaved individual, every unsaved individual in the church or outside of the church today has been cast out presently and since May 21, 2011 into outer darkness. This is the place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the place of judgment upon the earth for the duration of Judgment Day, which there's a good probability will continue for 1,600 days, that God is treading the winepress of his wrath, and then finally, on the 1,600th day, the 10,000th day of overall judgment, he will have completed the judgment upon mankind for their sinfulness, and he will finally, ultimately and completely destroy them on that day. And and so these days are dark, and they can be very dreary. And yet God has not left his people. He has not forsaken us. God's people have light. Let me just read one last uh, beautiful passage that God gives us to encourage us at this time. And it's in Isaiah chapter 60, in verse 1 and following. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of Jehovah is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But Jehovah shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles, or the nations, shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift up thine eyes round about and see. All they gather themselves together, they come to thee. Thy son shall come from far, and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. Then thou shalt see, and flow together, and thine heart shall fear, and be enlarged, because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. The forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. The multitude of camels shall cover thee, the dromedaries of Midian and Ephah. All they from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall show forth the praises of Jehovah. All the flocks of Keter shall be gathered together unto thee. The rams of Nebuchadnezzar shall minister unto thee. They shall come up with acceptance on mine altar, and I will glorify the house of my glory. All of God's elect that he save that great multitude from amongst the nations of the world will come to the light that rises, the light of Christ within his people, not a light that shines in the world, and and God is making a distinction here, but as God's people minister and, and are obedient to the command to feed my sheep, they will come. There will be a gathering together unto Christ in the day of judgment that we are presently in. And and we can only thank God that although there is darkness, that we still, by his grace and mercy towards us as an individual, that we have light at this time. 